You're listening to episode 19 of Daughters on Fire with your host, Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In today's episode, Robin and I are going to talk about lost friendships. As caregivers, we often get to see some very hard things that our loved ones go through. And when they start to lose their friends, whether it's to death, displacement, or decline, we can really hurt for the people we love the most. It's a very lonely time. And there are sometimes obstacles that make this even more difficult to deal with. And I'm talking about cognitive decline or dementia. So how do you as a caregiver navigate the issues that might arise when friends start to fall away because of this difficult cognitive impairment? So stay tuned as we navigate this complicated issue. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Um, I've been thinking, Melissa, about different things that happen as we age and whether it's natural or unnatural, um, it's the loss of friends. And I think when I say natural or unnatural, I think I remember my mom because she lived to be 90 or so and she buried lots and lots of friends. To me, that's natural that your friends die off and um, that's got to be lonely when you think about it. You know, if I think about any of my friends, if I think about not having you in my life, that is really um, lonely and scary and sad. But then you watch all your friends die off and now you're left just to yourself. And so I think that's a natural progression of life, but it doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. You know, I I totally see that um, we are in the prime of our lives. And so I think we have a lot of good friendships. I think as women having those really, really meaningful relationships, I mean, it takes harder to cultivate them. So right now we're cultivating long lasting friendships. So once you get to, as you age, those types of friendships that you start to lose, it really creates holes in your life. And also sometimes friendships are built around a shared love of something like maybe a shared love around quilting or golfing. I see a lot of men who love golfing. Even my dad, he had golfing buddies, but then, you know, one by one, you know, for this reason or that reason, they aren't able to continue with a sport like golfing. It takes some endurance. And even if you're riding around a cart, it's not the easiest thing. It takes all day long, um, or at least a good couple of hours. So when those shared loves and hobbies together go away, the friendship dynamic changes. And that can be really hard when, when you're going through a lot of other changes in life. That's true. A lot of my mom's friends, she would they would travel together because they were either both widowed or never married or things like that. So then she lost that companion to to go and do girly things with or shop with and um, go to lunch, those type things. So um, I think it's lonely. I think, you know, they accept it the best that they can and move on. But there's still another grieving um, and you can't help but feel gosh, I'm the only one left. What am I going to do? You know, that type thing. 
And you're losing two things. You're not only losing your friends, you're losing the love that you shared, your hobbies, your interest. Right. So then the unnatural part, I think, is when somebody does have a disease, such as dementia, a lot of people, it scares them. They don't know how to handle that situation. They don't know what's going on. You know, do I stay away? I think as um, people age, I mean, I, I know that they logically believe that um, it's not contagious, but gosh, that could be me. It, it shows a little bit more of your mortality as you see those friends and just naturally you pull away from that. And so now you've got a caregiver, maybe a husband or a wife or even um, the children that that support system is gone because they're just not sure how to handle it. You know, how do I um, talk to them or why are they acting so funny? Because a lot of times we tend to be private and we don't share, uh, hey, my wife is having some memory issues. So if she repeats, please just go with it. Or, um, you know, I know that you need to kind of check facts with me, things like that, because it's embarrassing sometimes to say, hey, this is what we're dealing with. So people just don't talk about it. But I think one time, you mentioned, were you talking about business cards that you might yes. hand out? Yes. Um, and this is great when the caregiver is present. So if you have a loved one who has maybe um, a cognitive impairment, maybe that can be from like a stroke or from dementia. Lots, A lot of times it's more from dementia. They can say and do things that if people aren't aware of what's going on can look strange and bizarre. So I've had clients who they created like a little business card with a picture of their loved one that says, hello, I'm so-and-so. So hello, I'm Joe Smith or whoever. And it, it had down there and I have dementia or I have Alzheimer's disease. And then maybe I, I'm, I'm very friendly, but you know, please be mindful or blah, 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 whatever you wanted it to say. And that way it puts their behaviors in context in that moment. And that creates um, a connection with people. And they utilized it a lot, like with servers or with people, service provider people, where you're just interacting very briefly. So you might sit down for lunch, you hand your server this little business card, all of a sudden, very discreetly, they know to be more mindful, maybe to look to the caregiver for cues on how to treat their loved one. Um, doesn't mean that they'll be perfect in, in their behavior, but it means that they'll probably be a lot more compassionate and a lot more patient and flexible in interacting with that loved one. So I can see it becoming beneficial. Like what if you were at a store and, you know, you needed somebody to help you try on clothes or whatever, or help you, however you can imagine. I'm not saying that like a sales clerk would help them try on clothes, but maybe you could be like, they're looking at clothes and they're doing stuff that's kind of strange. Right. And someone says, can I help you? And then you pass them the card and then they realize, oh, okay, not only do I, I not need to overreact if they're throwing clothes, but maybe I, <laughs> I, um, I can help them out and I can be compassionate and I can get them set up in a dressing room to make sure that they're comfortable and then maybe go back and forth. So little things like that, one little tiny business card message can share a lot of information and you can get those business cards very easily and very cheaply at, you know, probably, um, 
I was about to say Kinko's. I don't even know if Kinko's exist anymore, Robin. <laughs> I don't think so. It's all FedEx now. FedEx, FedEx or Vistaprint online or right. those, those types of cards are, are available um, online and, you know, locally um, very easily. Well, even um, you could do something handwritten if, if, if you're not even of the mindset to do that. So, yes, I think. Or on your computer helps. and print it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think. Um, I think that's helpful to let other people know, but that still probably does not. I mean, it helps to ease the fearfulness or helps to ease the awkwardness. But um, I, I'm, I'm working with a gentleman right now and it, he uh, he's craving for people to call his wife and just have a talk with her, just chit chat with her. Well, he's in it. He's there every day. He's not aware that if I would call and talk chit chat with her, I really don't, I, I wouldn't have things to say because she's, she doesn't understand what I'm talking about. She's not getting that. And so therefore people are pulling away. But, um, he did ask me to, to reach out to some folks and see if they'd give her a call. But he did give me, allow me to give the instruction that sometimes she gets agitated or there's certain things that will set her off and not to take it personal. So that, that was helpful, but he, he fears for her um, isolation that it's just the two of them. And she does have caregivers who I believe they continue to, to fill that. But um, I, he, I think it's more of his desire to have people call her than really her voicing that opinion. And, and that's just part of being a caregiver and loving the one that you're taking care of. But as a prime example, and this is kind of digressing from the lost friends, but we'll get back to that is um, yesterday she actually called the office and was telling uh, whomever answered the phone that there's men in my house. They're trying to move me out. They're trying to take my money. Well, had that person not been made aware by the spouse that she had this issue, they would have totally freaked out. And and I think he came in in the middle of the call and, and took over. But, the comment around the office was wonder how many other people she called and has stirred up by making that phone call. Right. So, you know, just being informed what, what's the same, um, informed is power or knowledge, knowledge, knowledge is power. power. (laughs) Yes. So, but to go back to the lost friends, I've, I find it, and this is very big and I don't know if it is, um, around the country, but here in Nashville, uh, a lot of our older folks play uh, cards, bridge, bridge is huge. And so I am finding that a lot of people are discovering dementia or issues in their friends through these card games. So matter of fact, this lady that I was just talking about, that's how it was discovered for her that she's very mathematical. She was the one that always kept score, always on top of things. And they noticed that one, the scores were not correct. And two, she sort of started saying, oh, you know, let somebody else do it. So those concerns then were relayed to her caregiver and things like that. So it's your friends also being mindful when you're out and about doing your hobbies, as you talked about, um, paying attention to those things. But then, Melissa, the next layer of that is when do you ask this friend not to come anymore? And how do you do that? Right. And that's so difficult because that time 
for everybody, kind of the health of the of the whole group should be in consideration too. Yes, you don't want that person to suffer. You don't want them to lose their friends. But if everybody is aging, it may be that they feel like the card games are intellectually stimulating, that they're challenging themselves, that they're staying sharp and that they're engaging socially. And that when that dynamic changes, because somebody in the group is not at that level, it can really become less of a time to enjoy, relax and be stimulated and more of a time where you're drained. And if you have other issues in your life that you need to attend to, maybe your own health, maybe you are a caregiver for somebody else and this is your respite, then it just becomes another time where you're really having to focus on and care for somebody else. That being said, it, these are your friends that you love and, and we all need to be there for each other. But you can see where these competing needs become very complicated. So it's not just like it, there's an easy answer. Oh, call everybody in the leaders and they need to just accommodate and support. And it's, you know, that would be great, but it, sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes it is necessary for that person to maybe slowly back out. Maybe if they can, you know, um, they're more observing versus participating or they're finding other alternatives of what to do. Um, and maybe a therapeutic lie is that they don't know every time the group meets, that they only go periodically um, so that they can still engage, but the group can still have what it needs in order to, to fill and feed their needs too. I agree. And that um, is very similar. I had a call, it was several months ago from a gentleman and it was the same situation. Um, They were playing bridge and this was an outing that all the men look forward to. And I believe that this man's caregiver definitely looked forward to this time and they would, they would play and then they would have lunch and things like that. Well, um, when they would tell this gentleman that he couldn't play, he would get angry and get aggressive. So he was asking, you know, how do we handle this? So we did sort of talk through the whole thing of, well, maybe having for lunch, but not having for the game. And um, he was sort of, which is typical back and forth. Well, that's just not going to work, blah, blah, blah. Well, just try it and see. It's the new norm for this guy. And you're not cutting him off all the way. He is disrupting the group, and he had made comments that several of the men in the group said if he continued to play, they wouldn't come, so the whole group would disband. And and that's not fair either, as you said. So let's come up with other ways. Let's do something else. Let's find something else for this gentleman to do. And if if it's too disruptive for him to show up and be sidelined or show up and um, just have lunch, then go visit him at home. You know, tell the group, make make a plan. But I, I would think it, that applies to any type of game, like you said, the golfing or anything. Um, How that, did that work out, Robin? Did you find out? I did not. Um, he did not call back. Uh, originally, they were going to try and bring him in earlier and let him sit and watch. And I just said, well, that's just torture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like swinging candy in front of a, and know, he would not have understood. No, right? he would not have. So he just had to be taken out of the whole um, picture. But um, back, I, go ahead. I want to say one thing, Robin. On that, um, we think, and you kind of alluded to this earlier. 
we think it's really painful for the person who has the cognitive deficit. And it is. It is painful in that moment. That's why there's agitation. That's why there's, you know, them acting out. But it's more painful for the people who remember it. It's more painful for the family members who are sad that they're not being included anymore or for the um, the card, the people, the other men that were in the card game. It's sad for them to be a part and see their friend lose their ability and that the whole dynamic of the group to shift. So we need to remember that the pain of the individual with the dementia, the cognitive impairment is not as long lasting as what everybody else perceives and what they'll carry on with them. So the disease in some ways, the disease process in those ways is more forgiving. They aren't going to remember this tomorrow. They're not going to hold a grudge now long-term, right? They will get, they'll, they will get used to new norms. And I probably will have some people yelling through (laughs) at the podcast saying that's not true. Long-term, long-term, this disease progresses. It is forgiving. New norms are established and people move on. The grudges usually, like those deep-seated grudges are for those who remember, not for those who have the disease. They're they're more set and I I want to go, I want to go home or I want to go do this or they're not holding on to grudges. Does that What do you think of that, Robin? Does that make sense, what I'm trying to explain? It does, and it goes back to what we've said often is you've got to meet them where they are. So we might be in that anger stage where the person with um, being asked not to play the game, the person with the disease, may be relieved that now they don't have to go and be frustrated every week. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know. But saying that, I think we need to take a cue from the caregivers, especially if it's a spouse or, you know, someone that, well, someone who's spending most of their time because they're with them all the time and they know how to handle situations. And I think, um, in that situation, going back to the family and saying, this is what we're dealing with. Um, please help us come up with a solution would have been better. So to take your cues. And I think as, as friends, we need to, ask, would it be okay for me to visit? Would, would it confuse her? Would it upset her? What types of things, you know, can I just, sometimes it's just being there. Can I just come and sit and watch a movie or come and sit in the room together? It doesn't matter. Um, I had a friend that they had, a uh, it was a men's group that they went golfing and they went out of town and they knew that their friend had dementia and they thought, well, one more time, one last time, we're going to take him on this golfing trip. It'll be great. And half the group was no, we don't want him. The other half was yes, we have to. Well, these men had no idea what it was to take care of him. First of all, they took him out of his element, took him out of town. So his caregiver wasn't there. Um, he couldn't find the bathroom in in their cabin or what whatever room they stayed in. He didn't know where the meals were or, you know, any of those things. He, he didn't know where his pills were. He didn't know what time it was. He, I mean, it was a total disaster, but had they talked to the caregiver and said, what do we expect? What can we expect? What are things that we need to know moving forward rather than, Oh, we can take care of this. What's the big deal. It would have been a much smoother transition. However, I don't think it was, uh, a good idea for them to actually 
um, take him <laughs> out of town. And had they been more knowledgeable in that, uh, I don't think they would have. But it, that, again, was the men. We want him to have one more time. It wasn't necessarily this man saying, oh, gosh, they're going golfing and I'm not going golfing, you know, that type right. of thing. Well, what you bring up another, you said that check in with the family members. And I think you're right. The family members are definitely more experts on the situation, but even the family members, like a, a really amazing loving wife may see, say, well, yes, he tells me he really wants to go do this and may be clouded again by how much she loves him and knows how much at one point in his life, this was something he enjoyed, maybe clouded by what is the best thing to do. I think in those situations, if you are, you know, the leader trying to coordinate this, or if you're the loving spouse or the daughter or whoever, the caregiver, the primary caregiver, if you want expert advice, you know, reach out to somebody that can guide you through it. Reach out to Robin, reach out to me. I remember Robin, you talking, it was Eunice. You were telling a story about how you wanted your mom to be a part of something and Eunice sat you down and kind of said, okay, well, this is the scenario, how it might play out. You know, when dinner's ready to be put on the table, your mom's going to need to go to the bathroom is, and you're going to have to stop everything and go take care of her because you're the one that knows how to take care of her. Is that what you want? And it was, you were able to, it was able to be distilled down in a way that you could make a decision in a much more informed way and in a less emotional way. So just bringing that kind of expert voice in was very helpful. Of course, I'm telling your story. So you chime in here. (laughs) I love it. That just shows that you listen. I do. (laughs) Well, and you're right. And, and to make that point, had I not talked to Eunice, my other person in my ear was my sister saying, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And not having all the information, but So I probably would have done it had somebody not come in and said, hey, think about this, because that's what what the caregiver back to. Yeah, mom would have loved that. That would have been great. I would. That was that whole conversation. Um, I think in this particular situation with the men going golfing, the wife needed a break. And so she very well may have said, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You remind him his medicines. You remind him this. But again, not that she was being dishonest. That's her life. That's her everyday life. So that's her routine. And she knows what it is. These men had no idea what that routine was. So I do think, in all fairness, sometimes we might downplay um, a situation just to get a little break. Yes. Yes. You don't want to talk people out of giving you a weekend (laughs) to yourself, right? Right. So it is it is a kind of a catch-22, and, and maybe what would have made that situation successful is if those men were like, yes, we really want to take him, and somebody could have told them what that would have looked like and how they could do it successfully. Right. And But, I mean, you know, what we all muddled through. There is no perfect on this journey. So we all muddled through. They learned uh, through what I what is called, I don't call it, I call it because it is called experiential learning. (laughs) They probably are not going to make that mistake again in their golfing group. Right. Um, But they did it out of love. And, and I think it was received out of love. And probably the biggest gift out of that whole weekend was the wife had a couple of days to herself. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's what we want to remind you of that, even though it's uncomfortable and it may be hard to reach out, 
reach out, even if it's for the caregiver versus the person that they're caring for. Remember them. And, and these conversations are so quick and it could be 10, 15 minutes. You could stop by and just hello, check in. You don't have to be there all day for hours and hours. It's just, Hey, I'm here. And I really do believe, as you said, long term, it is for the caregiver. It's for the caregiver to know that, hey, somebody cares. Somebody still loves this person who right now isn't really lovable because they're either aggravated or they can't remember or whatever. And it is a good feeling to know people still care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a journey. It's a journey you can't do by yourself. And the best way to form an alliance around this person who obviously has impacted a lot of people's lives and made a difference in their lives, because that's why you're all there surrounding this individual who's suffering right now. It's um, you need to come together. Communication and transparency is, is going to lead to better outcomes. Right. I know in Metro Nashville for a while, I, can't remember what agency they had. I'm not sure if it was 50 forward or another one that they had uh, seniors that would come out and help seniors and visit and, and things like that. And, um, you know, that, that is a stranger. It's not somebody connected, but it is a one-on-one type of visiting and things. Um, but it also, when, when friends come in and they check in, they get to see what's going on because not always when we're living in it, are we rational or do we see what's really the decline because it's day to day. So um, I think that helps too, to have, you know, back to we are in this together and, and it takes everybody to, to check in and see what's going on. So I guess we would, our recommendation would be don't forget your friends, but don't make it, um, you hear that? That's Pepper. She's saying hi. <laughs> I'm going to come visit Pepper, my friend. Yeah, yeah Pepper, your friend. Yeah, Don't, uh, I, I'm well protected here, so let her go do her guard dog business. <laughs> I think um, we just—you were need... saying that, that, like the important, the importance. Pepper of... sent me off on another yes. idea. But the importance of like what to kind of take away from this is one, um, uh, if there is, are you noticing changes? Communication. If you're needing to change things up, communication. <laughs> if you need to support um, them in, in different ways and collaborate with the caregivers or with the professional, communication. I think Absolutely. that's kind of what we're, we're going for here. Communicate, communicate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, and and you brought up something that we are definitely going to talk about in another episode is the therapeutic line. That is my favorite. So we need to um, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Robin. This was a great one. And I know it's going to help a lot of people out. Talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.